0: hey friends welcome back to the podcast um so today is going to sound a little bit different i'm kind of just going off the cuff i've been inspired by an idea that i'd like to talk about and um this is episode number seven seven i think yeah and the first six episodes were quite mm, more professional sounding if you will um not that i don't plan on sounding professional going forward but it was more structured if you will and more inviting you to begin thinking about healing your relationship with food and body in a containerized kind of way and moving forward in order to continue doing this work we have to go deeper and Sometimes, you know, when we go deeper beneath the surface of disordered eating and body image struggles, it's a little bit more chaotic. And the topics that can be talked about are very vast. Um, a lot of them can be quite intense. And uh, a, a quote-unquote professional clinical setting isn't the environment for it. And I mean, on a much bigger bigger scale, I really think that that is where the, the standardized medical industry fails to help people recover from eating disorders. Because the clinical standardized care process is very containerized. There are only certain things that practitioners are allowed to talk about, and they can only go so far. And that's why I actually quit my job with the hospital that I used to work at as a registered dietitian, because I could only go so far with people. And I wasn't allowed to talk about things beneath The surface of just what are you eating, right? So in a lot of ways, I also felt like the work that we did was even in some ways harmful because we were just required to follow, again, the standardized care process. And the standardized care process does not take into account the individual life experience. It doesn't take into account cultural, systemic issues, such as racism, living in a patriarchal, capitalistic oligarchy. Um, In fact, the standardized care process dances, not... um, doesn't dance around that but mm, quite frankly was created by that so there are things about the standardized care process that is just another product of capitalism production racism patriarchy misogyny etc etc and again I felt limited in what I was able to do and say with patients That would come across my way for nutrition counseling. So eventually I got to a point where I said, nah, fuck this. I'm, my impact on people is limited at best and harmful at worst. So that's when I just decided to, you know, start my own virtual practice and (laughs) just talk about all the shit with people. We go way below the surface. Um, what does that mean for me and and my uh, registered dietitian credential and license? I mean, to be honest, I don't really care. I'm kind of at a point in my life and in my career where I feel like the academy or the New York State Department of Education could come across my way and they can, um, you know, Say, you know, I'm not practicing within the standardized practice of care and I'm going to lose my license if I continue doing this and I'm at the point where I don't give a fuck. They can have it. They can take my license, really. Um, I mean, that's probably not going to happen because I don't, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying, if it did, I don't really care because, you know what, I would just keep on doing what I'm doing. (laughs) If you want to take the registered dietitian title from me, sure. Um going to help people just as I am because I mean anybody who's here who's made it this far and who's listening um, you're here listening because the system has failed you if it didn't fail you you wouldn't be here listening to episode 7 this far into the podcast or following me on Instagram by the way if you're not following me on Instagram you should you can find me over at embodied.nourishment. Uh, but anyway, let's let's wrap it back around to kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um I, I've really been going down this this journey of of really uncovering the psychology behind people pleasing, but even more than people pleasing, more than that is um like really valuing The approval of other people. And how this really plays out in body image. um, How it plays out in body image issues. Body image distress. Feeling outcasted and unaccepted when we don't have a body. Or we don't have an appearance that quote unquote fits in with what is deemed as acceptable. Um... And where this comes from on on like really a systemic cultural level. Um, If you hear me moving, I'm going to move into a different room. Because if you listen to the last podcast, I was talking about how I live on the first floor of a house and my landlord and her children upstairs are very noisy. So I hear them making noise. So I'm going to move. Okay, now I'm in a quieter spot. So, people-pleasing getting other people's approval and how that all relates to body image and and how this connects to our upbringing in this medical industrial complex that is run by lobbyists in congress capitalism it's a it's a machine for profit and i want to talk about how these big overarching systems and organizations really come down and impact us on in our intimate personal lives. Let's let's start with childhood. Let's start there. If you grew up in a house where You were responsible for the emotions of your caregivers. This is a breeding ground for eating disorders and negative body image. If you had a mother or a father or a mother and a father or whoever your caregivers were who were not able to meet your emotional needs, who maybe even in some ways acted like the children on an emotional level and made you feel responsible for their emotions. You if you were upset by something or if you were angry by something, your caregivers did not have the skills and tools to validate you and then to help you navigate out of the, those uncomfortable emotions into problem solving and teaching you how to regulate. Right? If you did not have somebody teach you that, And instead, you learned that your emotions, your sadness, your anger, whatever it was, was an inconvenience or an an inconvenience at worst, but even at best, maybe just like, oh, this is, I don't know how to deal with this, right? That was your, that was your caregiver's response. Oh, it's not a big deal. I don't know how to deal with this. Just forget about it. Sweep it under the rug. What happens to the developing brain of a young child when that is the dynamic The young child does not develop a secure self-image. They do not recognize themselves. They cannot see themselves. They are not grounded in the reality that they are. Their reality, their human experience is completely invalidated. And what they learn in this dynamic is that the only way that they can be responded to positively, the only way that they perceive some kind of love and acceptance is to get rid of their emotions. To, to get rid of their needs, their emotional needs. They have to go away. The child learns, my needs do not deserve love. Therefore, my needs are not important. And the way that I fit in, the way that I get love is by making myself more palatable for other people. If I'm sad or angry, I need to just sweep it under the rug or take care of it by myself. And I need to come out and and show this happy face and be perfect. And this plays out in various ways, right? Maybe it was your grades in school or your parents pushing you to do a sport that you didn't want to do and bringing it to to body and eating disorders, right? Losing weight or trying to manipulate your body shape and size in a way that's more acceptable, more palatable. You're not validated in the body that you're in for who you are. You must change it. You must get smaller, get bigger, whatever it is, whatever is preferable by the caregiver. And you learn here, you learn here that if your body is not accepted by your caregiver, then you, you are not worthy of love. You are not worthy of fitting in. You are outcasted and it's your fault Because your body is something that you're supposed to control, just like you were supposed to control your emotions. So here you are, grown up as an adult, ungrounded in in a self image, constantly looking for the approval of other people. That's where it comes from This, this constant seeking of validation. And capitalism just fucking loves this, man. Oh, because they can have a fucking field day with you. Right? Oh, this this year we're going to we're going to make lip injections the thing to go after. Big juicy lips. That's what's in right now. Oh, it's like I don't know. What is it? Like $300 for a fucking lip injection, right? And then, you know, the, the next year, it's, it's big boobs are in. If you don't have big boobs, you got to get a boob job. And then a few years later, small boobs are in. Oh, you got those implants? Well, now you need an explant because small boobs are back in. And then having no fat on your body, that's the next trend that's in. So you have to go on this, this um, extreme diet and, and starve yourself until you have no fat on your body whatsoever. Oh well, now curves are back in. Oh, so now you should eat x, y, and z to put more curves on your body. And then the next year, it's not you, you follow right. It's always something else. And the the big, <laughs> the big, the big dogs on top, the capitalists on top. They love that you were born and raised into a culture of of emotionally unavailable adults because now you are just putty in their hands willing to throw your money at the next thing that they tell you that you need to get to look better so that you fit in so that you're worthy of love and then as soon as you go after it you get it they throw the next thing at you and then the next thing at you and then the next thing at you Until you are left feeling so empty inside. Because you know what? Even doing those things doesn't even get you all of the validation and the acceptance and and that that grounded that grounded validation. It doesn't provide you with that. Because you know why? Because everybody out there in the world has a different opinion, has a different taste has a different preference in what they think is beautiful or attractive. So you could look one way today and you could be quote-unquote attractive to these certain people over here, but guess what? You're still unattractive to those people over there. So then you go and try to make yourself attractive to those people over there who don't think you're attractive, but then you, these other people over here now aren't attracted to you anymore. So here you are bouncing around back and forth back and forth up and down sideways like a lunatic right trying to see how can I get approval of people because when somebody or a group of people don't approve of you you know what that triggers that triggers it triggers those those wounds from childhood where your caregivers did not accept of you you see do you see the connection so in adulthood we we run around like a dog chasing its tail trying to figure out how do i get the most amount of people to accept me because you learn in childhood the only way that i can be a valid person and have people in my life who will show me love is if i make myself as pleasing as possible, and people pleasing comes into that as well, right? You're uh, this fear of if I don't please somebody, they're going to leave me. They're not going to approve of me. I'm not. Uh, I'm going to be outcasted, and this fear of of not being accepted plays on a very primal part of the brain because millions of years ago, if you were not accepted into the group that meant death right w- humans are social creatures we need each other we cannot survive on our own it's impossible we it, it's not like other animals like turtles for example Turtles are completely self-sufficient. Turtles, their mothers give birth to them and they never see their mothers again. They go, they run into the ocean and they're on their own. They got to figure it out for themselves. And instinctively, they, they do know how. If they can make it through into the ocean. Um, if they don't get killed in that in that initial initiation into the, the rough ocean. And then that's it. Turtles, they're, they're on their way. They don't need each other. Humans are not like that. We need each other. We need each other to get all of our resources met, right? Like we we all work together as a community to provide food for each other, health care, emotional care. We cannot exist alone. We cannot do it. Um, so our brains are wired for acceptance into the social group. So when you have a a physical body that the world tells you, hey, that's not acceptable. There is that part of your brain, that primal part of your brain that gets triggered. And it really, it really, you cannot underestimate this. It really does become this impending doom that feels like you are not going to survive if you don't fit in. And I know, you know, it's 2022 right now, Yes, logically, we can say, oh, that's silly. Like, of course, I'm not going to die if people think I'm ugly or too fat or too skinny or whatever, because, you know, there are people who who will take care of me and, and who I can connect with regardless. But still, even with that being said there, it still plays on that very real fear that if there is anybody, if there is any group, if there's any people who don't accept me, and who outcast me, there is this this real trigger of feeling like I, I might not survive. I'm in a very dangerous place. And that's why, you, you know, on like a grander scale, right? So that's like very deep, deep in the brain. On a bigger scale, like... <laughs> That's why we, to some, in one way, we feel this impending urge to just lose the weight really fast, to get the breast implants, to get the lip injections, to just fit in as best as humanly possible. Okay, so let's shift a little bit now and, and talk about how to... Recover from this? How to come out of that? Here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. It might help to let your kind of let yourself know that hey <laughs> getting everybody's approval in this world is impossible it's just never going to happen there's too many there's like 9 billion people or something in the world everybody's got a different opinion a different a different preference a different taste a different style and they're entitled to it right everybody's entitled to what they're attracted to just as you're entitled to what you are attracted to right and let's you know what let's talk about that a little bit right And well, first I'll say just because somebody's not attracted to you or just because there's a group of people who maybe don't like the way you look or, you know, think there's a problem with your body. It doesn't mean that you cannot create safety. Something that might help to tell yourself in these scenarios, in these situations is to remind yourself, I am safe. It's 2022. This isn't We're not in a hunting-gathering stage of evolution where a a certain group of people not liking you means that you die, okay? There are lots of people in the world. There are lots of groups and communities in the world for all different kinds of people. And some of them aren't going to like you. And some of them are going to fucking love you to death right? So it's, some of it's a a matter of becoming parts of those groups that, that you, that are aligned with you. And stop trying to fit in with people who, who first of all, are like even mean in that way, who are like such outcasts, right? Or, Or not who are outcasts, but, but are mean in like taking certain groups of people and making them outcast. Right. It says more about them than it does about you, which I know sounds so cliche, but I mean, really, it, it does. It does. Right. But let's talk about let's talk about people being entitled to what they're attracted to versus what they're not attracted to. If you're listening to this, I want you to think about it, Let's say romantic sexual relationships you are not sexually attracted to every single person in this world. You are not sexually attracted to every single body type, for example. So why should other people, why should everybody else feel sexually attracted to you in order for you to feel valuable, right? Let, let me give you an example like uh, just to make it a little bit more clear. Let's say I'm on a dating app and I'm swiping through and I see a guy and I'm just not attracted to him. I'm not attracted to his body type, his face, his features, whatever. And I swipe left and I never get to meet him or see him. But maybe that guy could have been like the perfect match for me. Maybe he would have been like this amazing guy who ended up loving me and treating me so amazing. And it would have been like the best relationship ever. But because I swiped left on him, I didn't get to have that opportunity. And you know whose problem that is? That's my fucking problem. That's my problem that I never got to meet him because I wasn't attracted to his body or maybe I judged him in some way or whatever, right? But me over here, I'm sitting here and just because I swipes left on him because I wasn't initially sexually attracted to him, I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, he doesn't deserve love. He doesn't, he's not worthy of being accepted into a social group somewhere. He's not worthy of that. No, of course not. Of course he is, right? Everybody is. Of course he is worthy of that. Again, it's my fucking problem that I missed out on him, not his, because somebody else will get to experience how amazing he was. And I'm missing out because I decided I wasn't attracted to him. My problem. Now, flip it. It's the same thing. If somebody wants to miss out on developing a partnership with you or a community with you or a romantic relationship or friendship, whatever the connection might be, if somebody wants to miss out on that because they're not attracted to your body or they judged you based on your body or your appearance or whatever, that doesn't mean anything about you. Nothing. You know whose problem it is? It's their fucking problem. They miss out on all of your amazing qualities. They don't get to take that away from you just because they weren't attracted to you or because they judged you based on your appearance. They don't get to take that away from you. But it does, tr- it can trigger those wounds from childhood where you were responsible for pleasing everybody else in order to feel some kind of validation. Right, you see, so moving forward, how do we start to rewire this part of the brain and, and this this way of thinking and reframing the way that we see the world and how we fit into it? Well, for starters, if you are not um accepted by an individual or a group or whatever based on your appearance your size whatever they're not the people for you it's their problem they're not aligned with you and listen you can spend your whole life you can you can right you actually can spend your whole life running around trying to get the approval of other people and you will die one day never succeeding it will never happen there are oh oh nine billion people I think or something on this planet all with different preferences all with different tastes all with different things that they're attracted to and not attracted to and none of them have to do with you none of it none of it you In this one lifetime that you have, these, this short lifespan that we have here on Earth, it is impossible for you to please 9 billion people. So what you can do is you can come to this crossing the road and you really can decide, fuck it, I'm done. I'm done. You can, I, I mean, think, what would it be like to just... Let people not be attracted to you. What would it be like to just let, to, to free yourself and just let people not approve of you? I'll take it a step further. Do you think, ooh, this is my favorite part of this conversation. Do you think that maybe even in there, you can find the confidence in the fact that you don't fit in. Ooh, how about that? Can you find confidence and self-assurance in the fact that you do stand out? Can you find confidence and self-assurance in the fact that you look different or that your body doesn't fit the social norm of what's expected or imposed upon you? Can you find confidence and self-assurance in the fact that that's not what your body fucking looks like and that it does look different? Can you stand in that and say this is who I am And just because my mother took me to a fucking Weight Watchers meeting at 10 years old and tried to change it doesn't actually mean that there was something wrong with my body. That was just my mother passing on her emotional invalidation that she never got in childhood and that 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 trauma and that wound was actually never mine to fucking carry. And I don't want to carry it anymore. I'm going to put it down because I'm done with this shit. And yeah, maybe I'm in a bigger body and maybe that doesn't fit into what you like, what you're attracted to and what the conventional beauty standards want. But you know what? That's what I'm standing in. And that's my life and that's who I am. And you can take it or you can fucking leave it. That's how you start developing confidence. <laughs> oh, that felt good to say. That's how you start to develop confidence It's standing in who you are, standing in the fact that you are different. That you are different. That you don't fit in. <sighs> Whew, that was good. That was good. Yeah. Ooh, I needed to do this podcast. That felt so good to say. Yeah. My family, listen, I mean, you really, you, you could, you could go around saying, oh, I hope this person likes me. I hope that person likes me. I need to lose a little bit of weight before I start dating. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to put a fucking thing on hold. Before you start dating or going on vacation or applying to that job or moving into that new apartment or moving to the new city or to have children or whatever else your heart desires, you can do whatever you want in the body that you're in right now. Because guess what? If you keep putting all of these life things that you want to do, if you keep putting all of the- these things off, until you are in a body that more people approve of you're never going to live life you will never live life so go do whatever you want <laughs> go do whatever the fuck shit you want to do and do it in the body that you're in and that is what makes you amazing this is why we all love Lizzo by the way right it kills me when people when people look at Lizzo And they're like, oh, I wish that I had her confidence. I wish I could be fat and be confident like her. I just, I don't know how to do it. I I just, that could never be me. But the funny thing about that is that you don't look at Lizzo and say, she doesn't deserve to be confident. She should lose weight first. It's so funny because you don't do that with her. You don't do that with her. You look at her and you say, yeah, girl, get it. Fuck yeah, you're worthy. Yeah, girl. Hell yeah. I wish I could be like you. Well, guess what? You can be like her. The reason why Lizzo has captured all of our all of our hearts and why we all admire her so much is because she is confident and she is self assured in the fact that she is different. She is confident and she is self-assured and self-actualized and self-validated in the fact that she stands out. She's not, she's not up there on stage saying, oh my God, I feel so confident because I fit in. She's like, no, this is my thing. This is the thing I do that's different. And, this, and you could either join me Or you could look the other way. You think Lizzo cares if people think she doesn't look good? (laughs) She doesn't care. She's like, okay, yeah, I'm having fun and making millions. So you can take your hate and go sit in the corner where you're isolating yourself. (laughs) Right? Um, so, a, a lesson from Lizzo in being grounded in, in the fact that you that you are different. You are di- it's And, oh, here we go. It's going to sound so cheesy and so cliche. But <laughs> we are all unique. And you're not supposed to be like anybody else. I know, right? It sounds so cheesy. It's like almost cringy, But, you know, it's like what we hear in, like, elementary school when our teachers tell us everybody is unique in their own way. And, <laughs> you know, but... It's true. It's really true. And and ugh, you know the world needs whatever it is that makes you unique. They they the world really does need it. And you trying to fit in and change yourself to be more palatable, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it's doing the world a disservice. The world needs you exactly as you are right here right now in this moment. So go be you, okay? All right, I'm going to stop this podcast now. Thank you so much for joining me if you've been listening this far. It felt really good to get this off my chest and to be a little bit more myself and break that this, like, professionalism that I've started with the first six episodes. Um, Yeah, thanks for being here, guys. Um, As usual, I will leave my, if you're still here, (laughs) um, I will leave my my application to work with me one-on-one for one-on-one coaching down below in the show notes. And other than that, I will see you next time. And you can also see me on Instagram. Again, if you don't follow me already, you can find me on Instagram at embodied.nourishment. All right, guys. See you later. Bye.